Hey everyone, welcome to episode 46 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And as always, it's Wednesday again and it's time to reconnect. And I don't know about you, but by the time Wednesday rolls around, I'm ready for a little more than just my Bible reading plan or a brief worship thought or a, the verse of the day, as it were. I'm guessing it's the same way for many of you, so thanks for joining us. Quick recap from last week, Triumphant Tears was our episode 45 where we decided that as Christians, we tend to like to make things complicated. But opening the door to Jesus isn't some complicated formula of special secret knowledge. It is simply saying, Jesus, I invite you in so you can do what's needed in my life. You can watch that message right in our mobile app. And I guess you could go to the website if you wanted to take the long way around. But that's hospitalchurch.org. But seriously, use the app. So let's jump into our most recent uh, this past Saturday it was an exceptional Easter message, which was the second and final installment of our series, The Road to Resurrection, which was entitled Too Good to be True. Instant gratification seems to be present now more than ever, maybe, and being in the moment seems like a recurring theme that uh, we just can't get away from it. And we try to tune into what is truly important versus what is instantly accessible and instantly gratifying, or at least so it seems. But the resurrection story really seems no different in that we'd rather fast forward through the whole thing and just, you know, like you said, get (laughs) get to the good part. But that really leaves us without any of the pain. And that's just not realistic (laughs) even in life, right? I mean, that's that's part of where we're at in our journey. And so the reality is that I I don't really think we have any way to completely understand the dynamics of this. The more I thought about it and probably (laughs) overthought about it. But the physical, the emotional pain, the life as they were living it in that time, there was power grabs, deceit, and the the church is, you know, complicit in this whole thing. And you you have to think, if I was living at that time, what would you have thought the culmination of this weekend, what what would you have thought this was really about? Uh, Be depressed as you'd be. And maybe that's why we don't take the time sometimes to go through those. I thought it was interesting, some of the points you were making about how we don't want to sit there and, and wait for all this when we think we already have it figured out. So what don't we have figured out, and why should we take that extra time in this story? What is it that we think we know that maybe we just we just don't? It's a little bit like... I hesitate to even use these words. So, <laughs> oh, good. So I don't mean these words the way they're going to sound. <laughs> it's a little bit like a child's fairy tale, and they all live happily ever after. We like that part of the story, but when the bad things are happening and and there's misery and there's no light on the horizon, but we those are real uncomfortable. And so we, I think we just sort of avoid that whole Holy Saturday, as it's called in many cultures, and you know, and just ignore it. Yeah, I. As I was listening, I, I couldn't help but understand the the Friday or actually the Thursday, Thursday and then the Friday and then Sabbath and then Sunday morning. I'm going through all these things in my head and all of a sudden it kind of clicked while Andy was speaking about the pain is extremely important for us to do recognition. And I, let, me, let me explain a little bit. You don't bit. have to wallow, but you have to recognize. Yeah, I mean – I don't think I recognize things. And it all came true on the Friday night when, or Friday afternoon, when the two thieves are up there and they had their whole lives to reflect on. And one of them recognized Christ and one of them didn't. And then, of course, you have the Sunday morning with Mary recognizing. I don't know if we fully recognize Christ and who he is until we've gone through that pain. Does that make – you understand what I'm saying? Uh, That's exactly what I was looking for because I thought in those same circles, and I 
tried to type it, tried to write it out, tried to somehow put it into words. But what you just said makes perfect sense because I was thinking if you don't go through that, how do you know? And how do you know that what you believe now is even correct? Have we gone through? Have we investigated enough? Is there more that we don't know? Is there more that we should just be, oh, that's it. I'm going to grab onto it and I'm not going to let go. As terrible as the cross was and the death of Christ, there's this inevitable human psyche thing we do where we have this hope that, well, maybe he'll come down off the cross now. Maybe this won't end now, and he'll set up his kingdom now. And then yeah. finally, he's dead, and they're taking him down. Well, maybe he'll come back to life right now. You know, what I mean, because mm-hmm. you 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 just keep thinking this can't be really it. But man, when you see the stone rolled in the tomb, and you go home for the night, and it is over, it feels really it's over. It's pretty yeah. in your face. I was kind of thinking the same thing about Lazarus, you know, <laughs> and, and you had touched on it as well. And I started thinking about that before you even started preaching as we were kind of – I was just kind of thinking about this and what we might talk about. And that here Lazarus, you know, is in – basically in the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. I mean he's dead. They've packed him away. And then, well, I mean weren't they expecting this? I mean I would be if I had been someone that had known – that inner circle you, of people. You met Lazarus, you think Jesus ought to be able to come out of the grave too, huh? Right. I mean, <laughs> why wouldn't he be able to? Well, well, you know what's amazing too is when when it does feel like it's over, when that tombstone rolls over, there's two ways of dealing with it. And, and the disciples and actually more than just the 12, I'm saying the, the whole group of disciples, they either went into self-preservation mode mm-hmm. or they they went into this, you know, much like what Mary, you know, where she's, collecting her thoughts, and she's trying to figure out what hope is about. And she goes back on Sunday. I mean, I never really thought about that. Why does she go back? Supposedly to anoint the body. To anoint, the, the, but the I, how would she? I yeah. mean, they the stone's, them, they the stone's sealed. How is she yeah. getting back in there? Right. I'm trying to figure out what that is. And you start to think of, well, maybe Mary or maybe those people thought, well, they're going to let me back in. I'm going to be able to still care for even the body. I'm going to get care. one last So chance. we go into this two different modes, either self-preservation or we extend care back well, up. Or, and, I, and we don't have the stories, but I'm sure there's got to be some stories of self-destructive mode too. Yeah. I mean, Judas kills himself, but I mean, right. you know, maybe they, some of them just went off and went on a binge. You never know. I mean, <laughs> because it's over. Yeah. It's pretty devastating. Because at this point, they don't even have, they don't even have the meeting with Jesus afterwards where he's giving them some more instruction. I mean, they're oh. still working off the words that he said that they didn't get the first time. Right. So now that you've had this horrific weekend, it's not like I don't feel like this huge, oh, hey, light's on. Yeah. It's all going to be okay now. Oh, yeah, now exactly. it's going to be fine. And I keep going back to the Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. You kind of pulled out a hypothetical description about what mm-hmm. they might be mm-hmm. doing <laughs> on that Sabbath while Jesus was in the grave. And, you know, lost in shock and maybe drenched in irie of the resurrection again, as we mentioned. And it makes this reality seem even more real, and it puts a personal touch mm-hmm. where I think maybe some of the answers or some of the questions can be answered when we're thinking, what was it really like, and maybe what are we missing? Because they were probably in that same boat oh, as we are, for definitely. sure. And so trying to put ourselves in those in their shoes, you know, Jesus' best friends, his recipient of his miracles, you know, left trying to sort everything out. What do you think they finally concluded, you know, weeks, months, years? I mean, they knew when Jesus rose from the grave, but— how long do you think it took them to really put this all into place and to try to figure this out? Do you think they, those three, given that Jesus was seemingly close with them, that they really had this figured out and was able to put some kind of closure on I this? I don't think they had any closure on that Saturday. No. I, I think that was a pretty miserable day. Uh, I think once they had seen him and been with him, 
I think the pieces all of a sudden must have shifted pretty quickly. I mean, all of a sudden, maybe you'd remember things you heard him saying like, oh, that's what he meant, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, it sort of, I think it came together. But I think it was from, it is finished in the cross until Sunday morning was a really long time. Yeah, although I, I still think that there was, and that's why I think there's so much validity to this and the early church, the early Christian movement, is that this is really hard to come back from. If his resurrection was staged and faked and whatever, oh, no. th- you couldn't do this. This kind of story couldn't work. It just couldn't work. So you're, the, meaning, you're meaning this story post-cross. To yes, exactly. If, okay. To think yeah. that, you know, because some people think, oh, they, you know, this was all staged. This was something, you know, even back then they were saying that's a, it was just a fabricated story that he rose and so forth. If you're fabricating the story, the three synoptic gospels would not have had women see him first. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In that culture, that's true. In culture, they couldn't even be witnesses. I mean, that's true. Yeah, they wouldn't have made that. You're right. We think about it today, and you know, now you hear all these things like fake news and the spin of the media and things like that. And you know, that, that was alive and well then, even when you think about how they were trying to cover this up. And sure. at all costs, we have to make sure that this is, at least there's that that one branch that we can say, well, you know, we don't really know. You know, it, you know sure, what, are you going to believe those guys? No, no, you can't believe them. But I never really considered the vacuum that was left in the wake of Jesus' death when so many people, I mean, you start to then think about, okay, well, who would have realized on that day, who Jesus really was. And yeah. and like you said, maybe it wasn't everybody, but I would think of the number of places that he visited and the crowds that came and, you know, and then you start thinking back to Bible stories and the Beatitudes. How many people were there that day that were Well, at just the, the week before, the triumphal entry, just entry. You know, right. one yeah. week before, you have yeah. this massive Passover crowd in Jerusalem that all saw this unusual act. So it was a big deal. And when you read the the little Bible stories to your kids and it's like the the two loaves and the five fishes, yeah. or five loaves, two fishes, whatever it was. I've read that story a million times. I can't believe I don't remember that for sure. But you start thinking about these stories and thinking about these people that were left, you know, left behind and just mm-hmm. and left to wonder, you know, what's this all about and what, you know, what that all looked like and what they deal with. And it's probably not a whole lot different. I mean, we have the benefit here, right? I mean, right. we really do know, we know what it is. <laughs> makes me wonder, do we do this story any injustice because we don't really have the same, ah, uh, you know, we weren't, when you experience something, it's so much more visceral. It's so more real. Well, I think, I think that, and that's what I tried to do in the first part of the message was to help us try to get a sense of that feeling when you've really yeah. wanted something and maybe even thought it was going to happen, and it didn't happen the way you thought it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that emotion is certainly what had to be plaguing them on that Saturday, is for sure. Yeah, you know, we, this was not how it was supposed to. This, this was not our plan. Um, you talked about the you know the Good Friday to the Easter Sunday and, and all that in between part, and kind of extrapolating that out to people that are kind of stuck in the middle of nowhere, seemingly in their right. journey in life. Even maybe not you know maybe they're not Christian or. Maybe they just think Jesus is one of those, you know, I read a survey the other day and it listed all about, you know, how many people think Jesus was just a really good guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, or was Jesus, right. was Jesus real? Yeah. It was really funny. More people thought that he truly was the son of God than thought that his miracles were not fables. Mm. I was like, well, that well, seems kind of weird that you would actually believe that he was the son of God, but yet <laughs> they only, can't be fables. Only like half of the miracles, you know, <laughs> believe in fables. But and that was where we landed with the sermon is the fact that that's where we we live in this in between time. Yeah, it's really critical for for us to consider the fact that all the things that we have hope in for the future are really truly things we we believe by faith. 
Because we haven't seen them yet. They're not certain. And they're just, there's things we believe and we have faith in. And they're promises. So we, we, we're between, <laughs> we're bet- we live between Good Friday yeah. when there's bad stuff happens and the promise of resurrection. That's really where our lives are lived, for, for our resurrections at least, as between the bad stuff and the promise right. of good stuff. And it seems fairly obvious that at least for those believers at that time, maybe they had the upper hand than what we have now. Mm. I mean, because after that, then you're thinking, well, wow, yeah. if, you, if you're one of the people that actually put it all together and the last piece of the puzzle snapped in under your thumb <laughs> and you went, oh. It's a nice picture now. That, that is a nice picture. And that had to be some of the traction mm-hmm. that they took into the early church and all of the work that was happening. Sure. To, to escape the sermon for a minute about the Holy Saturday and think about the reality of well, that was the catalyst of the, of the forming of the Christian church was the resurrection. It was yeah. and that was the good news. Death has been overcome. Jesus has risen from the dead. I mean, that death is no more our threat. And I, I wonder sometimes how much we grasp that. Uh, we we worry about lots of things like dying, and, <laughs> and to realize that well, that's a temporary threat because we if our, our confidence and our hope is in the resurrection, um, and Jesus has come back and he's the first one being resurrected, kind of thing. Dead people had come alive before, but not resurrected like this. And But that's almost the perfect story, the perfect promise. How do you make that for the next how many thousand years until the payoff essentially comes mm-hmm. again? Uh, how do you make that fresh? How do, we, how do you keep that going? Remember that, you know, if you were there, remember that moment and then you die. And it's like, it seems like a little bit would just keep edging away over time. And even though we look at this and we celebrate Easter and everyone, you know, church is packed mm-hmm. all over the place, not just here, you know, and, you know, people are watching online and, you know, people are posting things about that, you know, all year long, you don't hear anything about Jesus. And then like on social media, it's like <laughs> their, their feed is on Easter is all about Jesus. So it definitely brings out the story still has power, mm-hmm. but it seems like it wanes in between Easter's. And I, and I think I, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it does, it's a, except when tragedy strikes. Yeah, when true. tragedy strikes our lives, and and a person we love or care about dies, all of a sudden the reality of the hope of the resurrection increases. Um, all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, okay, I, yeah. I, I, I even I even want to believe in it more. Yeah, now yeah. than before. Yeah, I think. The difference between, you know, because a lot of people have said, well, well, he already conquered death when he raised Lazarus and, you know, the Jairus' daughter and so forth. But what I think, you know, because Lazarus had died again and Jairus' daughter died again. And what I think people need to realize is this was more than just some guy coming back from the dead. Right. Yeah. This was actually death in itself because we're all, you know, we all have this. I think there's a fear in all of us that we don't have, you know, this, um, we don't have the ability to go beyond who we really are. And this is Jesus taking us beyond hell and yeah. beyond that second death, which is God huge. Had, God had a problem called sin. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't start and, but he, he chooses to solve it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's hard for us to sometimes able to let that happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's even harder when life stinks. Yeah. Right? And so our final FHC takeaway this from this past week was, or, well, the one I chose anyway, it was really difficult. Andy gets better and better <laughs> with these each week. But the one that it kind of where we focused today was, what is your strategy to cope with living between the promise and its complete fulfillment? Mm-hmm. So where are you in your Job experience yeah. where you have heard no answers seemingly 
things are not going well, maybe kind of the, some of the things Andy outlined in the sermon, things that can happen to us every day. And so if uh, if you have a way that you've kind of dealt with this or that you've put yourself on a path to try to stay positive and keep your eye on really what the ultimate prize is to come, then we'd love to hear those uh, thoughts from you. You can share those directly in our mobile app by going to the media and podcast tab. Uh, and right there, there's a place to text or email. And, you know, as we wrap it up, waiting stinks and waiting during lengthy times of uncertainty <laughs> and pain continues to slide downward towards complete undesirability for waiting. However, we should be encouraged with our knowledge of the ending to the greatest story ever told that should give us more than hope, more than peace. It should give us an absolute joy in a life of freedom. Andy put it this way. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, Adam, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man, Christ. Everyone dies because all of us are related to Adam, the first man. But all who are related to Christ, the other man, will be given new life. Maybe the best thing we can take away from this Easter and put it into good use during our Job experience until next, maybe Christmas too, but, you know, until next Easter. So thanks again for joining us. All episodes, of course, are Wednesday to Wednesday, and just catch them in the mobile app. That's the easiest. That way you don't forget. Or if you're on iTunes, you can go there or Spreaker. And this week upcoming in episode 47, it'll be the ladies, if right, I'm not so mistaken. Stephanie uh, Johnson and, and uh, Yvette Saliba. Yeah. Well, Celebrating 25 years of the college. Uh, the sermon won't be about the college. Oh. It'll, be regular, it'll be a sermon. <laughs> okay. But they're going to share that that sermon. It'll be worth it'll be worth being there for or tuning in if you can't be there. Yeah. If it's not anything like last year when they had the message, yeah. it was fantastic. Yep. And we had a great episode on the podcast, so I will be reaching out to them this week to see if they'll be joining us next week for Good. episode 47. So for Randy, Andy, Jeff, and Tom, this is Randy saying thanks for joining us, and we'll see you then.